Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for... March 21st, in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced that checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips as you know we reject revolution we stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth we were not live saturday ladies and gentlemen i know that we're live six days a week but man the last several weeks i've been having to take a couple of shows off sickness just plaguing me and my family it almost makes you wonder if we're being literally targeted ladies and gentlemen with sicknesses sickness just seems to be everywhere uh and you know i don't know if that goes into the plagues reality of the bible or what but man i've had covid covid for sure two times we believe three times the first time was in the early days january february 2020 when we couldn't even really identify if we had it or whatever at the time because we didn't even really realize or know about it right anyway i think i've had covid three times documented two times Second time was almost uh, deadly. It almost killed me. The third time wasn't so bad. It was kind of like the flu. But you know what? A couple of weeks after I get COVID, I end up with the flu. I didn't get tested for the flu this time. But you know what? My daughter did. She had type A1 influenza. Literally took her to the hospital. The amount of sickness is just shocking. And uh, so anyway, I had to take some time off over the weekend to try to recover from this cursed thing. It's just brutal. I don't know what on earth is going on, but it almost feels like we're being targeted. I don't know how you could get sick so much if you weren't, you know. I've never been this sick this often in my entire life. And, it, you know, it, it, you just feel like, man, my immune system's just not strong. But at the same time, you go, well, I'm, I'm not, not a whole lot different. Well, it's not just me. It's other people, too. All right, anyway, enough of that, But so I was not live Saturday, but Friday we were indeed live, and we had Chris Carlson on with us, Without God We Can Never Win, With God We Can Never Lose, The Battle for Freedom is the Lord's, But We Need to Be Engaged in the Fight, A Discussion of All Things Liberty with Chris, and we talked about Walk Softly and Carry a Big Stick, we talked about the Escalation Ladder, do you understand that concept? Uh, it describes how a military... Conflict can just get, you know, more and more and more and more severe, if you will. And at the top of the very, uh, or the top of the escalation ladder is really nuclear war. Nick Jim Bruno wrote a piece about this. The top of the, quote, escalation ladder is nuclear war. Only a couple of nations can really get there. Three of them, actually. U.S., Russia, China. Other countries have nuclear capabilities to minimal degrees, but not to the top of the escalation ladder. The same dynamic, though, exists in economic warfare as well, ladies and gentlemen. It's far less understood, though, by the way, because it's not so deadly and so clear-cut. But Russia is not just an oil and gas powerhouse, folks. 
but a commodity powerhouse as well. The most valuable inflation asset isn't what you think. It's farmland, folks. You think it's gold and silver, and gold and silver is great, but farmland just as valuable. Go study the history if you don't believe me. So we're battling this economic ladder with Russia and China and others. And we're talking about a bull or a bear market. Millionaire trader Jeff Clark says, who cares? Doesn't matter. But the war rages on, ladies and gentlemen, militarily as well as economically. America's great because she's good. Alexis de Tocqueville. But if America ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to understand this idea. We cannot be in these wars all the time, economic and or physical. Uh, we cannot continue to kill. We cannot continue to sanction and pretend we're the moral high ground guys. We cannot continue to breach the sovereignty of other nations. We cannot continue to murder the young. Abortion on demand. Now they're discussing in the Northeast what, yeah, 28 days after a baby's born, they can be killed kind of stuff. we got to stop this death and destruction at every level around the world from abortion to the military-industrial complex. It's evil. It's unjust. It's immoral. And God will punish us as a people. And sadly, the innocent will suffer along with the wicked, won't they? It reminds me of this incredible article written by Spencer W. Kimball, The False Gods We Worship, ladies and gentlemen. We have got to jettison the bread and circus. We have got to jettison the endless war. We have got to jettison the quest for abortion. We got to gender, I'm sorry, we got to jettison this gender um, dishonesty. We need to follow the science and we need to follow God's law. Male and female credit them. Ladies and gentlemen, if this nation is to endure, it will only be upon those divine principles embodied in our founding documents. That is the Constitution for the United States of America and the Declaration of Independence. It will only be done based on God's law, based on Scripture. Second hour we had on Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com with us. And we continued this discussion and talked about Russia makes a $117 million bond payment to avoid default. We thought they couldn't make that payment. But you know what? The United States is doing everything they can to make sure they cannot make that payment. Thus, a war crime, in my opinion. Literally manipulating the currency of a country, manipulating the ability for them to pay their debts. You know, on one hand, we say, well, you better pay your debts. On the other hand, we're doing everything we can to ensure they cannot pay the debt. Then we're going to attack them if they can't pay the debt, and they're bad if they do. J.P. Morgan Chase, believe it or not, received and processed the payment, listen carefully, after U.S. authorities granted permission. What's that all about around the world? I'm a big bank, no matter who I am. Somebody owes me money, and I'm just taking payment, and i got to ask permission from the U.S. government to receive my own money? U.S. sanctions, ladies and gentlemen, in my opinion, are acts of war. They have isolated Russia financially. They have driven down the value of the ruble and cut off Moscow's access to about half of its foreign currency reserves. Think about that for a minute, ladies and gentlemen. How is that not a war crime? What if that was done to us? Now, rating agencies around the world have slashed Russia's debt to junk status. 
and have warned that a default was possible. A default on foreign debt would be the country's first since the 1917 Russian Revolution. So see, we're literally forcing them into this status almost. They had a little more mojo than we thought they did, though, huh? But see, what what are we doing? Exclusive new info as well. Bio labs in the Ukraine may have been creating bioweapons. Ben Swan, Truth in Media. Drought conditions are expected to worsen. You think there's a relationship between murdering babies in abortion, the military-industrial complex, and war at every hand, war and rumors of war, and then drought conditions expected to worsen and spread further? Through the spring, writes the New York Times, nearly 60% of the continental United States is experiencing drought conditions right now. Lake Powell, one of two huge reservoirs on the Colorado River, fell this week to its lowest level in over 50 years. Yeah, with the construction of the Grand Canyon Dam. Anyway, you look at that thing and you go, wow, do you think there's a relationship between all that? Well, time will tell. Keep an eye on the ball. Hey, our buddy is with us, Lowell Nelson. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live. Wow, thanks for having me, Sam. It's good to be with you. What do you think of the summary? I'm just telling you, we cannot continue in America, ladies and gentlemen, to murder babies wholesale and call it abortion, and then to literally ratchet up the military-industrial complex and fund and fuel war everywhere and get along with it. We can't do it, Lowell. Well, you're exactly right, Sam. In fact, the drought conditions reminds me of the condition uh, in the Book of Mormon where a prophet uh, uh, pled with the Lord to withhold the rain so that the, the drought would affect his people and bring them to repentance. And when they came to themselves and repented of their wickedness and their evilness, then he prayed that the rains would be restored and the drought ended. I mean, this is uh, kind of what uh, it reminds me of, the current drought situation. We're trying to, you know, uh, our God in heaven is trying to get a, our attention, trying to to shake us uh, uh, hard enough that we'll repent. But um, I heard just uh, last week of a bill in some states where they were, uh, 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 some Democrat had uh, launched a bill that would allow uh, the medical doctor up to 28 days after birth of a child to kill that child. You know, it's just uh, beyond imagination what uh, the wickedness that, that you know, we're allowing right here in our own in our own country. Uh, we need to stop it. We need to repent. We need to turn to God. We need to um, we need to merit the blessings of heaven that we seek. And we're certainly not going to do that by fomenting war around the world, you know, abroad, and then by killing the unborn and the aged here at home. Sam? Ladies and gentlemen, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org. My phone's ringing off the hook. That's the way it is. It's 7 a.m. in the morning. Nobody gives a rip what time it is. 24-7. Just harass everybody. Call everybody. Just the society's gone berserk. I'll tell you that right now. When we come back, Utah County Clerks debate on Saturday with Lowell Nelson. We'll talk about it on your radio.
Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. For decades, leftist, liberal, socialists, and feminists have been screaming and crying, my body, my choice, in order to justify the premeditated murder of innocent children in the womb. However, this is a fallacious argument since science has proven and demonstrated that the baby has a separate set of DNA from the mother. If it's not your DNA, it's not your body. That is science, and you should trust the science. Remarkably, the same people who have been claiming my body, my choice for decades now want to force you to inject foreign substances into your body against your will. Obviously, they never cared about my body, my choice. They just wanted to control you and have permission to kill babies. I am Ammon Bundy, and when you elect me governor of Idaho, I will sign an executive order on day one of my governorship prohibiting abortion in the state of Idaho. Because premeditated murder of the innocent should never be legal anywhere in the world, especially Idaho. Paid for by Ammon Bundy for governor. VoteBundy.com. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, the debates rage on across the country, ladies and gentlemen. Lowell was at the last one right here in Utah. Lowell, what happened, sir? Well, it was uh, well attended. Would, uh, to, that would be an understatement. Uh, yeah, to the rafters, huh? Packed to the rafters, yeah. Monstrous attendance. Chairs were set up around behind the candidates even. I mean, it was a standing room only. Um, now, it was a small venue, admittedly, you know, it was, it was built to hold maybe 75 or 100 people, and there were twice that many there, um, and people just, you know, li- standing in the doorways to listen. Um, why was so, so, why was the attendance so great? Well, it was because the, 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 the subject, I mean, the county clerk is the one who is responsible in the county to conduct elections. And, uh, and the reason I'm even mentioning this, Sam, you know, this might have appeal. You know, one would think this might appeal only to the, loca- the local people here. But I mention it because I think it is a microcosm of this widespread negative sentiment about the election process employed just last, uh, just last year. You know, in, in most states around the country in, in 2020 and in 21, Right. I mean, it's this universal vote by mail that people are kicking back against Um, all of the candidates. The three candidates more or less said, well, they'd have to comply with state law because here in Utah, the state law mandates the, uh, the sending of ballots by mail. 
to all registered voters, right? I mean, that's state law because our our um, myopic legislature made that law several years ago. But, um, you know, at least one of the candidates said he would strenuously advocate for a return to in-person voting, in precinct, on paper, manually counted. And, and that's what I advocate, too. And I, I think that's what we, we've been talking about for weeks is getting back to what we're getting back to what you can visually see happen. Or ballots get counted by hand. You can see and verify that the count is, is accurate. You can see and verify that only registered voters cast their ballots at the polls, you know, because they have to come and identify themselves to their own neighbors who know them and, 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 and they who know their, their election judge neighbors. So, um, in other words, I was just very, very impressed at the super attendance at this debate. Now, what I didn't know, Sam, but, but what I learned at that debate is this. You know, just because you receive a ballot in the mail doesn't mean you have to return it in the mail or even via a ballot drop box. You can return that ballot in person. You can cast it in person. Now, why am I mentioning this? Because I think it's what we should do. Is it convenient? Well, maybe not convenient, but it used to be the only way you could cast a ballot. And so we citizens really ought to make it our habit. Now, even though we can put that thing in the mail or drop it in a ballot box, let's return it. Let's, in our elections this year, both the primary and the general election, let's, us citizens, let's, let's make a promise to each other. We're going to, uh, we're not going to mail that in. We're not going to drop it at some box. We're going to take that ballot in person and cast that ballot in person and, and ensure that we have a strong chain of custody for that ballot. Now, what's this going to do? It's going to send a message to our legislature that even though we have the convenience available to us to, to mail a ballot, we have chosen to be in person and cast that ballot. Can you imagine the difference if, you know, instead of like 10% of people casting their ballot in person, if 90% of the people cast their ballot in person? I mean, this is like, you know, taking our country back. <laughs> we're, we're showing the legislature we want in-person voting. We want to cast our ballots in person. I think that would be a strong message that we would send, you know, toward the decentralization of our, our ballot casting process and our ballot counting uh, process. Sam, I don't think this issue is going to go away. I, I think we, the citizenry, are going to demand and insist that we return to this voting in precincts, voting in person, on paper, and then counting those ballots manually. Sam? Well, and Lowell, whether you agree with the Republicans today or the Democrats yesterday, and yesterday means several years ago, each took a turn complaining about election fraud. So when the uh -huh. Democrats tell you that election fraud is bogus, well, they had their claims about that several years ago. They've abandoned them now because Trump has taken up that battle cry. Uh, and now what you've got is whether it's the Republicans or the Democrat against the Democrats, whether it's the swamp against the rest of us, whether it's the Trump Republicans versus the, uh, I don't know what kind of Republicans you want to call them, the mainstream Republicans, let's just call it the swamp. Look, whether election fraud's real or election fraud's not real, what the government in bed with the media has managed to do is erode trust in the elections to the point where nobody trusts them anymore. 
Okay. You don't trust them because if you're a Democrat, you believe the Republicans are locking down voter rolls to the point where, hey, a lot of people are getting disenfranchised. Or if you believe the Republicans, then, hey, you know what, dead people and everybody else are voting and there's fraud everywhere. And Okay, I don't care what side you take of this debate. Nobody has trust in the elections. And that's why this big debate took place. And that's why it's such a great turnout for it. People are sick of it. People want accountability. People want to uh, restore trust in the system again. And until we do, ladies and gentlemen, this is only going to get worse. You're going to have, and if it goes on too long, listen to me very carefully. If it goes on too long, you're going to get to where people give up and they have no trust and they simply walk away from the process entirely. And so at this debate, Lowell, did we come to a resolution? Did we come to anything that makes sense in terms of, of resolving these issues going forward? See, if I say I want paper ballots, they say, you're crazy. You want to bomb us back to the, uh, you know, Middle Ages or something. Uh, and then if they say, you know, we, we just go on and on and make these outrageous claims, but yet nothing gets moving forward in terms of really resolving uh, this conflict. I say there's vote fraud. They say you're a crazy conspiracy theorist. I say, no, listen, here's the proof. They say we're not going to look at your proof. You're crazy. Um, you're just, you know what, this is just a Donald Trump Trump card. Uh, we're not doing it. Okay. And now we go on and on and on and around and around. Did this debate really resolve anything? Because until we get on top of this and realize it doesn't matter if you believe there's vote fraud or not. We've got to put something in place. We've got to do something to regain trust and stability in the system. And until we do, I see nothing but dark days ahead. Lowell? Well, two of the candidates, they said they were going to put the, the process under a microscope. And, 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 and one of the three said not only that, but he, but, but he, would, make, he would be a strong advocate. He had a strong voice uh, to the legislature to change back to a more um, – transparent process, one in which citizens can have uh, full confidence. And I tell you what, Sam, if, if you could sit at a ballot in your precinct, if you could sit there, which is what we used to do, we used to watch the, the balloting occur from 7 in the morning till 8 at night, okay? That's a 13-hour stretch of, of time. You just take your munchies with you, and, and then you, you go there in the morning. You see everybody who, who comes in to vote cast a vote and you can count them in fact they have the ledgers from numbered from one to a thousand and people come they sign in on that ledger and their vote gets counted so at the end of the day if 750 people show up to vote you've seen every single one of them you can verify that they live in your neighborhood in your precinct and then at the end of the day the ballots are counted no more than 750 votes get cast for any one uh, candidate or, or for the sum of, of votes uh, cast for, for competing candidates, the sum of those votes never exceeds 750. I mean, you can verify that. And, and so you can walk out of there with full confidence that in your precinct, the ballot was cast uh, correctly, legally, and it was the ballots were counted correctly and legally. That's the kind of confidence that will restore con you know, uh, voter confidence and will bring people back to the polls. But you're right. Until we correct this situation, there will be less and less interest in participating in a fraudulent or a corruptible system, Sam. But, but let me ask you this, though. I appreciate a couple of candidates saying that, and, and I'm grateful for that because it's a start, and I appreciate the room being packed to the rafters. Again, people care. But what's being done, and I, and I don't mean to be rude about this. I'm just, I really want to kind of dig in a little bit because I think this is so vital. What's being done? I mean, is the mainstream swamp just basically saying you guys are kooks, we're going to do nothing, the elections are fine, to think they're not or is delusional? They can say that all day long. 
But at some point, if enough of us carry this ball, even if they think we're delusional, the fact remains the same. We don't have any trust in the system. And let me give you a proof in point. You mentioned going to your precinct and watching. They've skipped all the precincts with vote-in mail. Literally, no offense, but there are no precincts left. Yeah, They've you're exactly them. right, Tim. Uh-huh. And the legislature had an opportunity with HB 371 this session to reverse that, go back to a system we can trust. And what did they do? They voted it down in committee. Well, the retribution for that is that there will be some legislators that will lose their seat this year, Sam. If the well, vote I pray enough Democrats Americans get involved to make sure that truly happens to send a clear message. Liberty Roundtable Live with Lowell Nelson in seconds on your radio. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. President Biden's Supreme Court of the United States nominee, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, will be questioned by lawmakers today in Washington. Justice Breyer, the members of the Senate will decide if I fill your seat, but please know that I could never fill your shoes. Theoretically, based on numbers, the Democrats could put Jackson through to the Supreme Court without any Republican support. It appears many on Capitol Hill want to hear Jackson before the Senate Judiciary Committee before making a decision on her nomination. A China Eastern 737 passenger jet carrying 132 people crashed in southern China on Monday. China's equivalent to the FAA said it has been confirmed that this flight has crashed, adding that it had activated its emergency response and dispatched a working group to the scene. The plane was carrying 123 passengers and nine flight crew members. USA Radio News. Not too long ago, it felt good to withdraw your cash from the bank, didn't it? For a vacation or a new car. But today, withdrawing your own cash has become risky. Pat Boone here for Swiss America. According to The Secret War, a new Swiss America white paper, I learned that all banks are now required to spy on you and me for the government and then report any financial behavior deemed suspicious or unusual. You must read The Secret War. It's free. Thanks, Pat. Call toll-free 800-630-1490. That's 800-630-1490. Truth is, I believe the government's new war against cash is really a war against us all. But the secret is now out. So please, get and read The Secret War. Again, 800-630-1490. 800-630-1490 today. Or at SwissAmerica.com. Basketball player LeBron James has reached another milestone in his career. LeBron James is rising once again up the NBA's career scoring list. James passed up NBA great Karl Malone into second place on the all-time scoring list during the Lakers' 127-119 loss against the Washington Wizards Saturday night. James scored 38 points for Los Angeles, racking up a career total 36,947 points, putting him behind only the legendary Kareem Abdul-Jabbar by 1,441 points. It's an honor for myself. Um, for my hometown and for my family and my friends to be able uh, to, to live these moments. From the USA Radio News Northeast News Bureau, I'm Chris Russell. Ukraine directly rejected a Russian offer to open two safe corridors out of Mariupol in exchange for the city's surrender as the relentless missile strikes on the battered seaport city continued for a fourth week Monday. 
Ukrainian leadership said there can be no talk of any surrender or lying down of arms. USA Radio News. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org on your radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Ron Paul asks an important question. Is Washington fighting Russia down to the last Ukrainian? Great question, Lowell. Well, the, he says, uh, and I agree with him, the Congress and U.S. administration seem determined to drag the United States into a war with Russia over Ukraine. Senator Lindsey Graham is openly calling for someone to kill the Russian president, and many in the U.S. House have demanded that the administration establish a no-fly zone over Ukraine. Are they insane, Ron Paul asks? A no-fly zone means you destroy anything and everything that can prevent total U.S. air dominance. That means an attack on Russian missile and air defense systems within Russia. In other words, World War III. We can all feel disgust at the, at the destruction in Ukraine, but is it really necessary for us to, uh, uh, to gamble with our own nuclear annihilation? <laughs> Question mark and end of quote. Well... Sam, sadly, it seems that many in Congress uh, uh, seem to think so. I mean, that's what they're chomping at the bit for. Uh, Ron says much of what's happening in Ukraine can be traced back to the Obama administration overthrow of the government in Ukraine in 2014, right? That's only seven, eight years ago. The government government in Ukraine since 2014 has been demanding membership in NATO. Why? Because the person we put in there was our plant. We wanted him to be demanding membership in NATO. And so this eastward expansion of NATO uh, toward Russia, that's what's provoking Putin to do what he is doing. We really have to put ourselves in his shoes to understand why he's doing what he's doing. So imagine what if Brazil pushed north into Mexico with a Central America Treaty Organization that uh, uh, defended its members with nuclear weapons, right, and planted those nuclear weapons in within their borders would we want nuclear weapons right next to us pointed at us by a country next door like mexico well that's what putin is facing you know if ukraine becomes a member of nato that means the nato missiles will go right next door to his country and so yeah i don't think he wants that Uh, i don't think putin uh, uh, wants that And so i think he's just doing militarily i think he's militarily wise to keep a buffer between his country and his so-called enemies. Well, okay, so back to Ron's column. Um, he says this, instead of supporting negotiations between Ukraine and Russia that could lead to a ceasefire and an end to the bloodshed, the U.S. government is actually escalating the situation, which can only increase the bloodshed. The constant flow of U.S. and allied weapons into Ukraine and talk of supporting an extended insurgency does not seem designed to give Ukraine a victory on the battlefield, but rather to hand Russia what Secretary of State Blinken calls a strategic defeat. Final sentence here, he says, Sam, it sounds an awful like an awful lot like the Biden administration intends to fight Russia down to the last Ukrainian. The only solution for the U.S. is to get out. 
let the Russians and Ukrainians reach an agreement, end of quote. And I totally agree, Sam. Amen that to that. You, it looks like, it looks means, like Lowell, what we've done is we've turned a no-fry zone into a no-fly zone. We started out by saying, hey, McDonald's is just going to shut down over there, so no fries for you. And now it's yeah. no-fly for you as well. Uh, it makes you kind of think of the Jordan Schachtel article where he asks a very important forgotten question, Lowell. That's right, Sam. On Thursday of last week, uh, this col- in this column, Jordan posted, um, he talks about this, uh, this very important question. And it comes on the heels of, um, of, the, of the press conference that Zelensky, uh, you know, Ukrainian President Zelensky, he addressed Congress and he pleaded with Congress for help in his battle to defend Ukraine from Russia. His speech was met with, quote, unanimous praise and thunderous applause, end of quote. Uh, And he is the West's man in Kiev, you know. Well, Zelensky demanded endless truckloads of weapons and even the assistance of the American military forces over his skies. In other words, he's asking for a no-fly zone to fend off Russian forces in his country. Well, following his speech, both Republicans and Democrats were tripping over themselves to get in front of TV cameras to declare that we must do more to help Ukraine in the war effort. But nobody is asking the question, why? What does the conflict in Ukraine have to do with actual American national security interests? And then Jordan writes this. He says, and this doesn't even cover our regime's economic warfare campaign against Russia, which is contributing to a global economic melee and the suffering of untold millions while clearly harming Americans, too. He continues, the Biden administration and Congress seem hell-bent on encouraging the war effort and have activated the big war machine without explaining what exactly is at stake for Americans. That's that's the that's the important question. Thank goodness the Pentagon pulled back on the idea of a couple of weeks ago sending fighter jets to Ukraine from Poland. Right, I'm counting my lucky stars for that. And Schachtel uh, summarizes the essence of his column in this paragraph: Sam, what is happening in Ukraine is an ongoing violent territorial dispute, thousands and thousands of miles away, having nothing to do with our internal security. There are no American security interests at risk. And he then finally explains that instituting a no-fly zone is tantamount to starting World War III as it requires our forces to attack Russian territory to secure the airspace over Ukraine. End of quote. I'm with that uh, sentiment, Sam. I think it's foolish to do a no-fly zone, and uh, I think it will foment World War III. It will begin. It would be the beginning of World War III if we do a no-fly zone over Ukraine, Sam. And ladies and gentlemen, it might, might not be World War III like it instantly just ratchets up. What it might be is the precursor, though. You know, you got wars and rumors of wars. So it might be, hey, we do this, and then later it kind of calms down a little bit. But eventually these early skirmishes will be what changes the outcome of reality, ladies and gentlemen. What you got to understand is what is happening in Ukraine is an ongoing, violent, territorial dispute thousands and thousand miles of miles away from us having literally nothing to do with our internal security 
as Americans. There are no American security interests at stake at all or at risk at all in this thing, Lowell. And that's kind of the part that I just don't understand the connect. If you look at the Constitution, hey, what business do we have constitutionally? What authority do we have? Unless American direct interests are at stake, we have no authority whatsoever to even be involved. It's exactly right, Sam. Even if, uh, you know, Russia went in and killed every living thing in that country and raised every building, we would still not have a constitutional warrant to go there to stop them from doing that, believe it or not. You know, let me say that again. Even if Russia killed every living person in the Ukraine, and raised every building in the country, it would still not be the business of the U.S. military to intervene. And the reason why, ladies and gentlemen, is not that we're not sad for the suffering, but if we're not very careful, we create greater suffering is the problem. Picking sides will not help in this battle. Setting an example of peace and leadership, setting a light on a hill, testifying of Jesus Christ, teaching of the principles that made America great, that's the, the word can do more than the sword lull. Absolutely. And the last column we'll cover today, Sam, the least that I want to cover, is, is what Americans should do if they're concerned about Ukraine. And I, so I want our listeners, you know, those, those of our listeners who... Um, you know, feel bad for Ukraine, and, and I, I do too, no question. But there is a hypocrisy going on in this country that we cannot ignore. So I beg you to continue to listen and, and understand the, the double-forked tongue, right, the double-speak that's really going on here in our country, um, the, the hypocrisy that exists. And, and then I think you'll understand even better why we are suggesting that we just get out of Ukraine and and let them settle the territorial dispute between themselves. Try and try. We we need to quit coercing them into a solution that we have provoked. Right? Ukraine has been poking the bear over the past seven years, ever since 2014, been poking the bear, and now the bear is responding in a way that's totally understandable. And and we're upset. It just doesn't add up, and we'll explain why next, Sam. Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to me carefully. Listen carefully. Deterrence works. Propaganda fails in the Ukraine. Peter Van Vieren with that one. We'll talk about it all in seconds on Liberty Roundtable Live with Lowell Nelson, campaignforliberty.org. The Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? 
please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3 founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com. We at Freedom Factor have a passion for our shared American heritage and want to help restore some of that American pride by emphasizing the documents that made us Americans. Our goal is to put pocket constitutions into the hands of every American and in every school. This effort requires your help. Order your pocket constitutions and browse our website at FreedomFactor.org to learn how you can help spread the message of freedom. Read it, know it, share it. FreedomFactor.org. With news the networks refuse to use, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Ladies and gentlemen, what's happening in Ukraine is an ongoing, violent, territorial dispute that really has nothing to do with America or our interests. All right, Even if Russia killed every living person in the Ukraine and raised every building, it would still not be the business of the U.S. military to intervene or the United States at all. Deterrence works, ladies and gentlemen. Understand there are two battles now playing out over the Ukraine. The one on the ground, or the military physical battle, and the other one in the social media reality trying to drag us all into an all-out war. Lowell? That's right, Sam. Propaganda is sweeping our country, both in the lamestream media and in social media. It's ongoing, and the U.S. regime hopes that you and I will succumb to this media blitz. Uh, Putin is not insane, folks. He's not a madman. He's not unhinged. He's simply carrying out a rational political military strategy in Ukraine, seizing Russian-speaking territory, such as the Donbass, um, demilitarizing by force the eastern Ukraine, most of all creating a physical buffer zone between himself and NATO. Now, most importantly, Putin knows the U.S. and NATO would not fight him on the ground for fear of starting a nuclear war. That's the deterrent right, of having nuclear arms is that you, you don't get, uh, you know, a, a fierce battle uh, out of this. But the goal of the propaganda campaign is to get Americans to push Congress and the president to do something big enough to assert our strength, but small enough that it does not provoke a nuclear response. And that is very, very risky. The bad news is that Ukrainian propaganda is working, folks. And this I was startled to learn that nonpartisan 74% of Americans, that's like three out of four Americans say NATO should impose a no-fly zone in Ukraine. That is scary, Sam. We should not be asking for that. 
that is so, that is just so stupid. In my opinion, we are asking for a nuclear war if we were to impose a no-fly zone in Ukraine. And uh, I'm just saying, you know, I'm agreeing with Van Buren here. He's saying he's warning us not to fall for this propaganda. We have to ask the important question, why? And, and if we'll do that, you know, it, you know it, if we ask those questions, folks, then you might be called a Putin apologist, maybe even a Putin lover. So you got to be prepared for that. But we do need to ask the right questions. And so closing out his column, Peter Van Buren writes, quote, there are two battles now playing out over Ukraine, one on the ground, one in the social media seeking to drag Americans into the mud. Only six months after the sad ending in Afghanistan, it is stunning to watch America again contemplate going to war for some abstract purpose far removed from our own core interests. End of quote. Couldn't say it better myself, Sam. It is stunning to watch the American people be turned by this propaganda campaign. You got to ask why. And nobody is standing up to ask why, except here on Liberty Roundtable and a few other places. Sam, and thank goodness it's the for manipulation Liberty of It's the manipulation of the media, ladies and gentlemen, or I should say the manipulation of our mindset through the media that is really the issue, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so the Ukraine is important. Don't misunderstand me. Whenever lives are at stake, it matters, right? No doubt about it. But the question is, how do we have less death and more peace? How do we have less war? and more integrity and honor. Okay, those same Americans who are lamenting the fate of the Ukrainian people right now, Lowell? Yep, the ones who are lamenting their fate are also the ones who turned their back on the Russian people of eastern Ukraine during the past eight years when the Ukrainian military has been shelling them, bombing them, right? Why didn't, why didn't they cry out for, for, for justice when the Ukrainian military was bombing the Russians in southeastern Ukraine? Tell me that. that. That is some of the hypocrisy that I mentioned earlier, I alluded to earlier, the hypocrisy going on. These, the very Americans who are crying out for, for uh, aid and support to the Ukrainian people are the very same ones who totally ignored the plight of the the Russian people in eastern Ukraine when they were getting bombed, then they were getting shelled by the Ukrainian army, the Ukrainian military. That's what's so hypocritical. And they're the same for Americans. For eight years, that, ladies and gentlemen. Let's be clear, for eight years. And what about the Iraqis? What about the Afghans? What about the Vietnamese who were all suffering, bleeding, dying at the hands at the bombs and the bullets of what? That's right, the U.S. military. This is what we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen, the hypocrisy, the dishonesty, the war at every turn, and you're being absolutely propagandized uh, about who holds the moral high ground, Lowell. <laughs> totally right, Sam. You know, and, and um, we need to let this sink in a little bit. Uh, it is the United States that is engaging in a military operation halfway around the world. And, um, and we're told that whenever we do that, well, we, we're told to be patriotic, to support the troops, thank them for their service, and consider them heroes, right, when the U.S. is, is doing that. But when Russia does 
does just a small taste of that, then we're supposed to we're supposed to consider them the the, the bad man of the of the world. And and I I will add a little bit to this. What about the Yemeni people, uh, people in Yemen who have been bombed by Saudi Arabia since 2015? It's a genocide over there, with weapons and assistance from the United States. Right? Why weren't Americans concerned about the Yemeni people when they were getting killed, when they were being starved, when when uh, medical supplies couldn't get to them because of embargo? Right? Where were the American people then? Uh, it is just so hypocritical of, of the American people to be calling for defending the Ukrainians when they stood and did nothing in defense of the Iraqis, in defense of the Vietnamese, in defense of the Yemeni people, right? I mean, why are we so one side? Why are we so hypocritical? I just It just boggles the mind. In fact, uh, let, let me say this. It, um, uh, parenthetical to this column by Lawrence Vance, this is where the states could have a big impact on the president's irrigation of war power, right? Uh, you know, the president, he can, uh, today, he he can commit the, the uh, National Guard members, the National Guard, to combat zones. But what if your state outlawed that and said, we prohibit the governor from allowing the commitment of of National Guard troops to a battle zone, to a combat area in the world. Now, if every state did that, it's what we call the Defend the Guard Act. If every state did that, then the president would not be able to move troops into a combat zone without a formal declaration of war by Congress. So I think, folks, we have in our hands the opportunity to restrict the power of the general government to its rightful bounds. If we would take that opportunity and exercise it in our own state legislatures, folks, we have that opportunity. We have that power. Let's do it. Let's get Defend the Guard Act in, in, introduced in every legislature in the country, and let's not be the, the, the people who, who go and, and fill the boots of troops on the ground in these foreign interventionary wars. The, the purpose of the U.S. military is to defend the United States, period. Not defend other countries, not take sides in wars, not change regimes, not establish democracy, not nation build, not train foreign armies, not enforce no-fly zones, not protect U.S. commercial interests abroad, not serve as peacekeepers, not carry our U.N. resolutions, <laughs> not carry them out, not contain communism or radical Islam, not invade other countries, not occupy other countries, not provide disaster relief, not dispense humanitarian aid, not intervene in civil wars, not secure the borders of other countries, not try to fight every wrong in, in the world, and not police the world. <laughs> that was a quote from, um, from Lawrence Vance in this column uh, posted um, here at uh, lewrockwell.com, Sam. And he's absolutely right. That's not the duty of the U.S. military. You see, even if you, if, uh, you know, and we mentioned this earlier, even if Russia killed every living person in Ukraine and raised every building there, it would still not be the business of the U.S. military to intervene. But now I want to but talk ladies about and what gentlemen, in Even if it's not the U.S. military's uh, fight to have, can individual Americans help? 
the people of Ukraine? Lowell? Yes. The answer is yes. We can send aid, supplies, money, and weapons, and so forth. We can even go there and fight alongside the Ukrainian people if you want to do that. Now, to those Americans who are calling for U.S. troops to go to Ukraine and fight, I simply say this. What's stopping you? Oh, so you're too old or too feeble? Then what about your children or grandchildren? Are you willing for them to share their blood and to die to liberate Ukrainian from the Russians? Why do you instead want to send other Americans to fight, bleed, suffer, and die? And for and, what? And, so and by the way, words, by and, force, though, send them. Let's be clear. Yeah, conscription, right? And so, Sam, if we ourselves are not willing to go there and fight and bleed and suffer wounds and maybe even death, then how in the world are we morally justified in calling upon Congress to send others there to fight, bleed, and die? That's my question. And I'm reminded of Bo Greitz, who on the campaign trail in the 80s promised he would be willing personally to lead troops into battle against the enemy upon whom Congress has declared a formal war. Do you think Biden or members of Congress today would so loudly cry for war if they knew that they would be leading the charge into battle, Sam? You know, it's easy to spend other people's money, which is what Congress does, and it's easy to send other people into battle, which is what our president does. But what, what a true lover of liberty, what a true Christian would do, he, he would spend other people's money as if it were his own, meaning very frugally, and he would never send other people into battle that he personally is unwilling to fight. And so the bottom line for me, Sam, is that no troops should be deployed to combat without a formal declaration of war by Congress, and no member of Congress should cast a vote in favor of a declaration of war unless he or she is personally willing to go into battle himself. Sam, that's my that's the bottom line. <laughs> well, and my bottom line is, ladies and gentlemen, remember, war begats war. All right? Dishonesty begats dishonesty. Immorality begats immorality. Now take the opposite side. Peace begats peace. Honor, transparency, accountability begats honor, transparency, and accountability. What road do we want to go down? Do we want to set the standard as a light on a hill and teach other nations how to live peacefully together? The United States is a blueprint in peaceful living. You got 50 separate republics that have come together and worked it out. Can we teach others to do the same by example rather than war? That is our prayer. Lil Nelson, thank you so much, sir. God bless you and all the incredible work you do. You're welcome, Sam. Good to be with you. There he goes. CampaignForLiberty.org, LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. We declare this nation shall endure. the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that it refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for March 21st in the year of our Lord, 2022. 
The goal, to promote God, family, and country, and to protect life, liberty, and property. Ladies and gentlemen, the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. What are the great peaceful solutions we still have at our fingertips? We use the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And the good doctors in the house, Dr. Scott Bradley with us. His lifelong goal and collegiate series to match to preserve the nation. His website, freedomsrisingsun.com. Not only can you get the exceptional curriculum there for homeschoolers and anybody who wants to be caught up on the incredible miracle-rich history of the United States and more can do so at freedomsrisingsun.com. If you want Q&As and constitutional webinars weekly and a whole lot more, check out Dr. Scott Bradley's website, freedomsrisingsun.com. And speaking of the good doctor, welcome back, my brother. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. And, you know, it's interesting, as they were introducing, I I thought, you know, this live radio thing is kind of like working on a high wire with no net. You know, I mean, there's always, you can always misspeak, you misstate something. I'm not saying you always do, but you could. Uh, What I'm saying is that that's just the nature of the beast. And uh, if if somebody is of a mind to draw disrepute to your name and your principles and everything else like that, they're very apt to take something, uh, maybe a misspoken word, or even something that's completely out of context, and make it a kind of a centerpiece of a hit piece, you know. Yeah, by the way, what uh, they usually do is both. They wait till you make a misstep on something that can easily be taken out of context, and they do both. And that way, if you say it's out of context, uh, then they, you know, can ignore that. And they usually do both. They wait for a great, perfect storm scenario to always take somebody down. I've been in the air for about 20,000 hours. Did you know that? Well, more. you know, you're not and, that and old, So you're Sam. bound you to find about? some taken out of context, misstep words and everything else. They're bound to have that. You're right about that. But I would just look at the whole, whole to totality of my work and say, you know what? It's very clear who I am and what I stand for. Uh, misspoken word aside. And no doubt there are some of them, I'm sure. I'm sure well, I've said uh, something. And I'll give you a quick example to make the point. You know, I was very critical of this, <clears throat> of this, um, Oh, what is it where you got to have a sixty percent majority, the filibuster yeah. kind of a thing? Yeah, and the I'm not critical thing. of the fil- Yeah, and I'm not critical of the cloture or the filibuster because I think we need less um, high bar, if you will. It's because I believe that it's been perverted over time to where it's nowhere near what our founders intended. However, if you hear me speak against it, you go, "Wow, Sam just wants democracy, doesn't he?" Well, that's an example of the point. I'm not wanting democracy, and I'm not wanting less of a high bar. That's not what I'm after. I'm just telling you that it's nothing like the Founding Fathers intended. And the further we go, even though we may have our own versions of lockdowns or high bars, they're not within the constitutional bounds. So some senators have way more authority and power than others. That was never intended. Uh, The state's not having a representation or a seat at the table. Because of the 17th Amendment, that was never intended. So, see, to me, we're dismantling the checks and balances while we pretend we hold the moral high bar. I would rather get rid of a lot of the Senate rules and manipulations and perversions idea, but yet return to the checks and balances that protected we the people. But if I then speak out against it, people are saying, oh, Sam supports a pure democracy. No, I don't. It's not at all what I'm saying. I'm not saying we should lower the bar. That's not what I'm saying at all. But, see, it can be twisted out of... um, 
the intent very, very easily. If you only take part of what I say or you don't hear and or understand the whole historical scenario, the picture that I'm painting, if you will, doctor. Well, sure. And and what brought this to mind in my, uh, well, I don't know, we're just opening this little discussion up, was, was a really big misstep that Kamala Harris made. I mean, you know, here she is, the vice president of the United States. You'd think she'd be kind of well-informed. I mean, they brief these guys every day. Uh, they they kind of primp and prime and everything else in front of all of the, uh, you know, those uh, teleprompters and all those kind of things, you know. And, uh, and, and she was, at, I believe it was the Democratic National Committee, and she made a, a little presentation there. And she, in it, she said, the United States stands firmly with the Ukrainian people in defense of the NATO alliance, okay? Now, of course, uh, Ukraine is not in the NATO. They've been trying for years to become so. Fortunately, uh, they're not. And by the way, I believe that's at the very basis of what's going on in Ukraine. When we have marched uh, constantly towards the western border of Russia, in uh, you know, and we've talked about this before. It, it, if we looked at this in the uh, you know Monroe Doctrine kind of sense, where now we have armed camps against the border of Russia, if we if uh, Canada or Mexico had armed camps, we might be a little bit sweaty over this thing. The problem is that that's what we've been doing in violation of what happened under Reagan when he said that we would not expand NATO. We've dramatically expanded it to the east, which puts them right against. Uh, Russia. At any rate, the Ukrainians have been trying to get in, and I think that they're saying, no, we don't want an armed camp with all their bayonets fixed and their artillery pieces pointed at us. But so she went in and said that, uh, you know, the Ukrainian people in defense of the NATO alliance, and the White House posted a transcript somewhat later, and they changed it, okay? so that it didn't uh, infer what was untrue. Uh, she tied together the, uh, the standing with the Ukrainian people and in defense of the NATO alliance. And I find it very interesting that they scrub things as best they can. I mean, it's hard to you know, scrub all of the visual images of, of Biden falling down the stairs and stuff like that. And, and uh, boo-boos that he makes in nationally syndicated press conferences and everything. But wherever they can, they are spinning the narrative in such a way so that, um, you know, they, oh, dang it, she did it again. Oh, okay, 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 how can we fix this? Oh, yeah, we can change in and and. Okay, that'll work. But it isn't what was said, and it shows how poorly their understanding is set forth in regards to so many momentous things. And, uh, and of course, the effort is to bring us into war based upon uh, distracting from a failed presidency and, and uh, the, the uh, military-industrial complex and the, the bazillions of dollars. I mean, oh, they've, uh, this COVID thing seems to be waning a little bit. The public are sick of it. Uh, most of us are so done with it. We were two years ago. But the fact of the matter is, uh, they're really big on keeping us agitated. Oh, ain't it awful? We're all going to die. And if it's not war, it's an earthquake or uh, the thought that there might be a big tornado or a hurricane's coming or, you know, bah, my heavens, they've got a forest fire someplace. And, you know, 
it's just astonishing to me that they have to keep scrubbing the record. I'm reminded of the, uh, you know, George Orwell's 1984 and Winston Smith working at the Ministry of Truth and the memory hole that he was putting things down that didn't square with the narrative that the establishment wanted in that dystopian society and kind of, man, I, I read that book and it just weighs so heavily on me. I can't get through it very fast. At any rate, that's just kind of what it reminds me of. And, and here, live radio, you know, we'd talk and visit and it's, oopsie, I, I said the wrong Federalist paper or whatever. Yeah, okay. Well, somebody's an idiot. Okay. But they they use these things to spin the narrative that they want and suddenly, Sam, you're a racist or something like that. I mean, you know, it's just bizarre. So I don't oh, know. Oh, yes, I, I am. And here's the difference. Here's the difference, though. Kamala Harris, White House alters official Kamala Harris speech transcript after embarrassing Ukraine-NATO disaster. All right? That's what happened here. And the problem is she's not prepared. She doesn't know. Okay, and that's the problem is she's not even caught up on what's going on here. She doesn't understand the fundamental principles of the United States of America. She doesn't understand the fundamental principles of, of either side of this debate, whether you're the war hawk of the century or whether you truly want to have a George Washington-esque policy. She doesn't have a clue of either stance. And so she just babbles uh, like a Joe Biden and gets confused and lost and makes a fool of herself on the international stage. The international stage saw it all. But then they modify it so the Americans read the transcript and think it's different. Uh, the flat out 1984 repercussions of this are serious indeed. But they can protect her and barbecue me, even if I'm completely prepared. No matter what I say, they can take it out of context. They can manipulate it. They can string together phrases and make me look like a buffoon. They can take videos and, and do things to, uh, to put me in a bad light. It doesn't matter how prepared I am, but I'm advocating for a peaceful George Washington-esque stance on the Ukraine or any of the 130-plus nations, militarily speaking, we seem to be uh, dishonestly, unjustly involved in, Dr. Bradley. Well, it's, it's so interesting. Uh, you know, the Democrats, when they're doing their primary, everybody recognized she wasn't qualified to cross the street alone. She needed to hold somebody's hand to get across the street, and so they rejected her you know, early in the debates that they had. And and Joe Biden, I mean, they, they modify the, you know, the campaign's uh, imagery. I mean, here's a man, they say, stirred the population, and they accepted him at a higher level than anybody's been accepted for. He couldn't stir a soda pop with a straw if it was sitting in front of him. And they try to make it sound like here's this great moving statesman that's uh, rallied us all. I don't know. It's interesting how everything's spun. Reports the truth. That's who we are, ladies and gentlemen. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey. Well, now you can, thanks to localhoneyman.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at localhoneyman.com. 
Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Decades after Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden picked up where he left off. With America surrendering to terrorists, Biden's foolish spending is causing inflation, which means more pain at the pump, higher prices on groceries, devaluing your retirement savings when you need it most. Once was a mistake, twice is a disaster. America needs strong leaders, not weak ones. Save America JFC is responsible for the content of this advertising. All right, Dr. Scott Bradley, riding shotgun on the show today. Freedomsrisingsun.com's website. So here's what happened, just so everybody understands the context. Cackling Kamala Harris literally gave a speech on the international stage. And she basically said, hey, we back the Ukrainian people and we back NATO. And she basically asserted that, hey, NATO is, well, a member of NATO is the Ukraine. Well, the problem is it's not. So they literally modified the speech transcript later. The White House literally modified the speech later to say what she didn't say, Dr. Bradley. This is 1984-esque to say the least. And the problem is the international world knows what she said. It reminds me of when Barack Obama uh, literally said, hey, um, people who vote in America are citizens. Illegals who vote in America are citizens. This kind of snafu it just gets covered up and manipulated out of existence. But yet you and I, they'll take advantage of a word or dig a pit for their neighbor on us anytime, sir. Well, it's all in favor of an agenda-driven kind of thing. And I, uh, there's been so many things lately uh, that I, I cannot possibly imagine how Americans that have more than a half a brain. Now, that would infer that there are a lot of Americans out there that don't have a half a brain that are willing to go along with, with the uh, uh, the spin on everything. You know, it's like the, everything that's being said about, for example, about the Ukraine war on the major media, and I tell people it's, it's, not, a, uh, it's not a narrative, it's not a storyline, it is a script. It is being given verbatim, word for word, what the story is supposed to be because they have an agenda. And the agenda is to fulfill this. And it's just like the agenda on the, uh, the so-called pandemic. Uh, I I just am astounded that Americans are so easily, oh, yeah, I know they did. Oh, yeah, they died. They, they, they lied to us for the last two years. Oh, no, but this is absolutely the truth. I don't even think they think that cogently about it. Uh, you know, the they, they just kind of 
smooth into the next thing that's happening and, and is taken at face value. And I, I think about that, uh, oh, it was a popular TV, I know, movie show here some years ago called The Truman Show, where they where that little boy was, was raised on camera and it was a world created around a facade and everything like that. Everybody was completely engaged in it. And then when they shut off broadcasts, uh, people, you see the people, huh, let's see what's on the other channel. I mean, it was like, <laughs> they were so sucked in on it, but then, well, I, I guess we'll try the other channel this time. And uh, and they just move on. And this, the, what is going on right now is just a st an interesting study to me. I think about how bamboozled that so much has happened in the last couple of years and and it's all being exposed you know you talk about the cdc changing the uh the the death rates on children and so on here recently and we maybe talk about that for a minute but the fact of the matter is everything has been a lie and they've moved their target about 10 times in regards to masks and and whether or not the the vaccine so-called are safe and effective and and now we're needing multiple ones several times a year uh, but they're not even proven safe or effective. Everything is is just slap shot. Well, and, it, it's uh, an absolute lie. You're right. So the headline says CDC removes 25% of pediatric COVID deaths overnight, and they blamed it on a coding error. Now, let me kind of get this straight in your mind. How do you have a coding error? literally plague you for two years as the statistic goes up and up and up and up and up and up and you never realize it's a coding error wouldn't somehow somebody putting together the math or looking at this or taking the subtotals or whatever else wouldn't somebody find the error we literally if you make a mistake on your own tax return literally put people in jail take away their houses find them millions of dollars and everything else if you under penalty of purchase, you make a, um, you know, a typo or a coding error or whatever you want uh, on your taxes, whether it's business or personal or whatever. And then they literally go, yeah, you know, we had to remove 25% of the children's deaths two years later after the totals have been ratcheted up every single day. And by golly, we just had a coding error, doctor. See, they're absolutely well, lying. It makes no sense. It's not even possible. This 25% reduction is nowhere close to the truth, I don't believe. I think the truth is more along the lines of almost zero. It's statistically a complete wash. They're, I think we're so close to zero with those pediatric deaths because of COVID because it just hasn't been the case. But they have to get fear. And by the way, one of the main things they're trying to do is to get um, these children on the schedule for having to receive the COVID because once, not the COVID, but the so-called vaccine, once it gets put on this children's schedule, it's an automatic for everybody else. And that makes it uh, one of those approved situations. It gives the it also means It also means once they get it available for children on the schedule then, then they can basically take it from an experimental vaccine to actually a licensed approved vaccine. And that's one of their other big things too, because then yep. the liability uh, goes away. They don't have any liability anymore uh, in any way possible. Um, uh, the 1986 law that was passed uh, that would give the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Fund uh, would kick in. 
uh, and there would be no liability for the vaccine companies whatsoever. So they're moving for all this agenda, and they're not going to give up till they get it done either. That's absolutely true. And here's here's the issue: is that there is virtually no risk for children. They do not. And I mean, I, I'll say it as strongly as I can without giving them any misstatement. There's virtually no evidence that they would spread it to an adult or a grandparent or something like that. In fact, but, there but is evidence to the contrary. Absolutely. And, uh, the, you know, the, the VAERS reports uh, that they're always saying, oh, they over, this vaccine adverse event reporting system that they've got, created by the government, completely administered by the government, and all things is vetted through there. I mean, the, and, and everybody's saying, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> All those high death rates and those adverse reactions. No, no, no. That they, they're not really happening. This is this is reporting it in a way overstatement. It, no, no. But there is not a single solitary individual anywhere study that has been done that says it is over reporting. Every single study says it's way under reporting. So that but they but they'll spin things if it's adverse to them uh, their agenda. They'll spin things. So that uh, it, it it's diminished. Oh no no, that's not really happening. And and if it's something that's showing incompetence or or falsehood or whatever, they correct it later. Oh, ah. and it's like the way the military the military program is going with the uh, administration of of these uh, bio weapons on all of our military personnel. They uh, they're covering up all the adverse reactions. And they're saying, "Oh, yeah, we're we're uh, we're giving religious exemptions, but only to those that are already out processing." I mean, you're going out the door, and oh, yeah, that guy's leaving. We can put a religious exemption on him. It's it's absolutely a facade. It's a falsehood. The uh, I, I I guess I can't imagine why anybody still gives any credibility anywhere at any time for anybody that has an official reporting system. It's like they say, if they hold, if they're holding a news conference over something, you know it's a lie, so they can control the spin, and and so I, you know, you talk about reporting here in the United States, and you saw Kamala and her misstep on the, you know, this this big, you know, everybody could watch kind of stage, and how everybody around the world saw it, but the Americans now are getting the spin. Well, that's one of the reasons I like to go out of the country. For a lot of my news sources, I well, obviously, I like to. I look at a lot of the ones in the country that we know are absolutely biased. I want to know what they're saying, but I want to know what the other people are saying in the country. But outside the country, I'm almost convinced that they have more freedom of the press in the vast majority of the countries of the world than we have in this country, because everything is shut down and and deflected to a specific agenda. So, I think that's true, but I also think the Americans are trained, though, to look at the mainstream press, though. You've got it boiled down to, like, six international companies that run the media, you know, kind of in the United States or whatever else. And I look at it and say it's the American people's fault to some degree for continuing to double down in and trust in and focus on that news. If they listen to Liberty Roundtable or, or a lot of the other radio and TV shows that are that are not peddling the mainstream porn of dishonesty and manipulation and uh, fake news and everything else— for example, this White House Alters official cackling Kamala Harris speech. Look, we're the ones saying, hey, she claimed Ukraine was part of NATO. It was a lie. They 1984 manipulated that out of the American view. The mainstream press is going to protect Kamala at all costs. 
but we expose it. And ladies and gentlemen, not only do I think Kamala's completely wrong, but I think we need to just shut down NATO entirely. Let's go a step further. Get rid of NATO completely, ladies and gentlemen. And with this 25% CDC removing 25% of the um, NATO COVID deaths or whatever, pediatric COVID deaths or whatever, look, the truth is setting us free. Hang tight. We've got more. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Pope Francis speaking to roughly 30,000 people in St. Peter's Square for his weekly Sunday address and blessing continued his criticism of Russia, calling the conflict in Ukraine unjustified, senseless massacre, and urged leaders to stop this repugnant war. As the Russian war machine continues to destroy and kill everything in its path, Ukrainian officials have refused the Russian military's demands to lay down their arms in Mariupol in exchange for safe passage of civilians out of the southeastern port city on Monday morning. Overnight, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas was hospitalized with flu-like symptoms. 73-year-old Thomas was admitted to Sibley Memorial Hospital in Washington, part of the Johns Hopkins Health System on Friday night. Tests show he has an infection, and he's been receiving intravenous antibiotics. He should be released in about a day or two. USA Radio News. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. Research is indicating booster shots for COVID-19 are working. A new CDC study is showing the importance of getting a COVID-19 booster shot. Researchers found three doses of the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine were 94% effective against death or ventilation during the recent Omicron surge. Two doses were only 79% effective in comparison. The CDC says these findings reveal that remaining up-to-date on COVID vaccinations is highly effective in preventing severe illness or death, even against current variants. From the USA Radio News Northeast News Bureau, I'm Chris Russell. At least two firefighters in central Texas were injured battling growing wildfires that forced more communities to evacuate Sunday. The Eastland Complex fire in and around Eastland County, west of Dallas-Fort Worth, has killed a sheriff deputy who was helping people escape. In all, seven large fires are burning across Texas, aided by dry and breezy conditions. As of last night, it has burned across more than 54,000 acres and was 30% contained. USA Radio News. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Dr. Scott Bradley on your radio, freedomsrisingsun.com, his website. 
check out his weekly webinars. They're incredible. Q&As on the Constitution, education on some of the most important critical issues of the day, and more, freedomsrisingsun.com. He also joins us every Monday and every Friday on your radio, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. So, yeah, we've got lies literally at every turn, ladies and gentlemen. Dishonest, flat-out lies. And they try to cover them up like missteps. Uh, But the fact is, ladies and gentlemen, they're lying about Kamala. They're lying about the war. They're lying about COVID. They're lying about everything. For example, let me give you an example. Now it comes out. This is the New York Post, NY Post, okay? Here's their headline. CIA, CIA. Secretly trained Ukrainians after Russia took Crimea. This is back in 2014. So now you got the CIA literally training the Ukrainians while we have literally bioweapons labs in Ukraine. And then we're wondering why Vladimir Putin gets all uptight at some point. See, we're fomenting the very wars we're claiming that somebody else is guilty of, of agitating for. Um, I'm not defending the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, at all. I'm just telling you that we are more so the aggressors than even Russia. We just do it by hook and by crook and by dishonesty and by manipulation. Why is the CIA training the Ukrainians? Why are we even involved there? Where do the tax dollars come from to do this? Where was the authority from Congress for this expenditure? See, it's all dishonest war provoking manipulations doctor you know there's there's a, a great overage of examples that could be found about all sorts of things we have the we have the best enemies money can buy we create our own enemies and we could give you example 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 of things like this but the overt things that are happening the overthrow of countries uh, that the CIA was involved in i have personally known people this was years ago, of course, that uh, that when countries were toppled, um, they were there. And I mean, they were involved in assassination attempts and everything else like that. And and it's we have been involved and we do continue to be involved. And, and you look back, for example, why do the Iranians hate us so much? Well, back in the Eisenhower administration, there was a, a duly elected government. It wasn't a great government. It was a socialist government. And and yeah, they were nationalizing their their uh, resources and so on, but it wasn't our monkey. It wasn't our business, and and yet Eisenhower authorized the overthrow of that duly elected government, and and they they have long memories. They remember this. I mean, Ukraine, uh, Ukraine, Iran has been uh, walked on so many times by. Well, let's, let's just take near the beginning of World War II, Russia and Britain walked into Iran, invaded them to get a sure thing oil supply for Russia. I mean, so (laughs) they're invading and and overthrowing and, and, uh, uh, I mean, holy cow. The United States has has done this all over the world. And, and, you know, whether we have our surrogates there doing it or whomever, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, in Yemen with, with say, for example, uh, the Saudis doing it, I mean... We 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 attack and invade more countries than any other nation, and and now Russia's done it again. You're not condoning what he's done, but but we do it. You know, Afghanistan, Yemen, Macedonia, Colombia, Pakistan, Syria. I mean, you go on and on and on. Stuff all across Africa. 
the United States has been doing this. And, and it's good for us and bad for them, right? I mean, well, it's good for us to go ahead and do it, bad if Russia ever does it. But the fact of the matter is, we really do. We're an aggressor nation. Sadly and, and true. I say it's bad if anybody does it, doctor. Well, there's no question. No question about that fact. But but uh, but the way we spin things is, I, I'm just astonished at how very senior members of the Senate and the House, they come to the podium and they pontificate and they they dribble their slobber all over the microphone as they're trying to get us overseas in some environment where they can kill some Marines over something that it was our problem to begin with. And this CIA thing, by the way, in the Crimea, the complexities of all of this are are not reported. Crimea, Crimea had been uh, a, a Russian port for 300 years. And... Uh, and, and the fact of the matter is that, that they were trying to consolidate. I, again, I'm not condoning their actions. I'm just saying we're never told the rest of the story. It's only spun in terms of the way, you know, uh, Lindsey Graham wants to tell it about getting some Marines over there to get him killed. Well, and, and we're also we're also not not telling the whole story in terms of the fact that this has been going on with these people for literally thousands of years, okay? Listen, oh, yeah. what is happening in the Ukraine is an ongoing violent territorial dispute that has been going on for thousands of years, and it's thousands and thousands of miles away. It doesn't threaten the U.S. security. We don't have any security interest of any kind involved in that. Go read your Constitution. We don't have any authority to be there at all. But yet we're in every single theater of operations around the world that there can possibly be, every single issue. We're in the middle of all of them simultaneously doctor and you know you talk about our military readiness and all those kinds of things we are diminishing our military readiness to do the real job of the military defending our country because we wear out our equipment and our people and it's 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 so much more than than just you know helicopter blades getting worn out by the sand that's blowing around in the sandbox um, our people are, are we're devouring their lives. And then on top of that, we inject them with stuff that's a bioweapon against them. But the fact of the matter is that we do more than the, the, any of that. Anytime we enter a theater anywhere for any reason, uh, let's take, oh, we're flying the F-35s right now on the western border of Russia for our eastern NATO friends. And, and any time we turn on our electronic countermeasures or any of our targeting uh, electronic, anything, anything, they put out a signature. Those signatures are being monitored and are being categorized. And there's all sorts of, we develop those things for the cost of billions of dollars. So, so that they're, you know, maybe not, uh, the term bulletproofs may be not a good uh, word, but maybe it is. So that these these give our our people uh, measures of security, but every time we turn on those things, those signatures are being monitored by people that are definitely going to use them against us someday, and uh, and so billions of dollars of research go down the dr drain every time we flip a switch, and uh, and oh no we we don't need to think about that that's not an issue. Uh, it's, it's just astounding to me. And then to have the CIA involved in coups in Ukraine and, 
and here eight years later we're on the verge of uh, going to war or whatever happened in Syria look at what Donald Trump and Barack Obama were doing in Syria we were playing around in that sandbox over there trying to see how close we could come to bumping into the Russians over there that's what I mean Once every single issue we seem to be at the center of ladies and gentlemen let me make this very clear The Let me say it this way. No troops should be deployed into combat without a formal declaration of war by Congress. And no member of Congress should cast an in favor vote unless they're willing to really go to war themselves. Look, Americans, if they want to fight in the Ukrainian battles, ladies and gentlemen, can individuals help the people of the Ukraine? Sure, you can go over there by yourself if you want and fight. You could fund them. You can do all kind of things personally, but let's not have the governments doing it. Now, I don't want to be there at all. I think we ought to stay the heck away from it. I think we ought to avoid foreign entanglements like the plague. But if you want to do that personally, now, here's what's funny. The guy that won't go personally with his own money and his own life at stake wants to force via conscription or whatever else. Americans end up being in all these theaters around the world. Doctor, why don't if Joe Blow feels that strongly, why doesn't he just use his own money and use his own life and go over there and do whatever he wants to do? Go ahead. But why well, use force and why use governments? And and it's because they they really truly want us engaged in those kind of things. It violates the baseline premise under which the United States was created, the Westphalian Treaty. We've talked about this before. The Westphalian Treaty of 1648. There are no second-class nations were all equal on the status and there is absolutely zero authority for one nation to intervene in the internal affairs of another nation and uh, no 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 the council on foreign relations and the un and everybody wants us engaged in every nation so we violate that baseline premise and but and they've been using all of their uh these globalists from the very get-go i mean if you look at john foster dulles and and Alan Dulles, the brothers that were in from World War One, clear up through the um, LBJ administration. These guys have been fostering global government. That's where they are. That's war hawks for global is. government. That's true. Now the United Nations is worrying that war could create climate change. This is how it's going to come back to bite you and I for continued lockdowns. Hang tight. Tell you about it in seconds. Have you ever heard of the Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online 
from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. I think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since I was little, I was taught that smoking was wrong. Recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol and other drugs. I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So, yeah, you got war around the world, rumors of wars and wars literally everywhere. You got the CIA secretly training people. You got the CDC literally playing games with numbers. Two years later, we find out everything they've told us is a lie. UN now worried that war could create climate change. Here's the deal, folks. The International Energy Agency. Did you know we had one of those, an International Energy Agency? They're calling for lockdowns to curb oil use. Governments, by the way, have all the necessary tools at their disposal. ArtmoreWND.com with this piece. Now, listen. The question is, are lockdowns necessary to curb oil use? As gasoline prices rise to record levels, the International Energy Agency it wants to have lockdowns, and they've got a bunch of ideas, all right? They got a 10-point plan to curb oil usage, and one of them, ladies and gentlemen, would say they're going to ban the use of private cars in cities on Sundays. Other measures proposed in the 10-point plan to cut oil use include reducing speed limits, working from home, cutting business, air travel. Uh, They want to have tax. They want to use taxes to go ahead and curb that usage as well. Governments have all the necessary tools to put oil demand into decline in the coming years, which would absolutely foment their climate goals. Among the proposals... Reducing highway speed limits by, say, six miles per hour. More working from home. Street changes to encourage walking and cycling. They would cut transit fares. They would go ahead and work on all kinds of plans for this, folks. Um, They would have restrictions on other days as well. They would encourage more carpools. They would cut business air travel. Another idea, restrict private car use of roads in large cities to those with even or odd number plates. Remember they did that back in the 70s when it came came to buying gas. Now they'll say, you're only allowed to drive your car every other day. Yeah. And this is GOP folks that are working on this. They're calling it COVID 2.0. The report sounds awful lot like an energy version of COVID lockdowns. That's right. Instead of opening America back up for domestic energy production, we are told to suffer 
and do with less. But it would be necessary because it would help the climate. You know, the climate is a disaster. And if you deny that this is happening, okay, it doesn't matter. If you deny it, you're considered a global warming denier, a climate change denier. And they're literally talking about throwing people in prison for being deniers. Now, the interesting thing about these proposed solutions, ladies and gentlemen, listen carefully, is whether it's climate change, COVID, and now the Russian war, they're all exactly the same. Hammer the middle class with more restrictions, more promotion of government regulators, more shutdowns of we the people. Everywhere just shut down, shut down, shut down. Don't worry about your business. We'll send you money to survive in the meantime. COVID handouts left and right. They're literally changing the affairs of the nation before our very eyes, doctor. We've been saying this for a couple of years, that they're they're taking a fabricated emergency and they're uh, sweeping up huge swaths of individual God-given rights, implementing tyranny. And we've been saying all along that, that, that this is just a... This is a warm-up. I mean, there's nothing. Let's look back in the Revolutionary War. They had some viral outbreaks that threatened the war effort during that time. But they didn't put something in the Constitution that says, okay, well, you have the freedom of speech and religion and, you know, being able to assemble and everything, unless a virus comes along. You have the, uh, the right to keep and bear arms. They shall not be infringed unless we have a virus that comes along. I mean, you could take every single one of the God-given rights and you can throw them under the bus by some kind of twisted, perverse view of how, well, to respond to this emergency condition, we must take these draconian efforts, whatever, okay? There isn't a caveat anywhere in the Constitution about anything. Oh, habeas corpus? Uh, uh, Man, if we get a virus outbreak, we'll have a lockdown without due process and all that kind of stuff. They're very specific about what habeas corpus can be suspended. It's only for a short period of time and it has nothing whatsoever to do with viruses or anything to do with with saving gas or fuel or or um, uh, energy or making things greener. There are no caveats written into the Constitution that would allow an emergency spin on this thing that would shut down individual God-given rights. And and we have been so, we're, we're darn fools. I won't put it as strongly as I would like to, but we are fools to allow these things to happen and, and simply just gleefully give away these things that were won at such great cost over the years and have been upheld and sustained, at, you know, blood, fortune, and sacred honor has been put at risk. And, and, oh, no, <laughs> boy, we we got to be more green. And so we're going to declare it, and we're going to lock people down or whatever. Whatever approach does not have any constitutional authorization for any of that. It is bold-faced tyranny, and it is agenda-driven. And these people, and again, we've been saying it for years, they're not going to let this thing go with just a little virus thing that's more flu-like and cold-like than you can imagine. They're going to do it. Oh, let's do green next. Let's do the environment. Let's, oh, we've got an epidemic of gun violence in Chicago. We've got to do, 
You know what? Shall not be infringed says shall not be infringed. And uh, that's the, the program. We're, we're diminishing religious liberties because religious liberties, if exercised, might reduce the application of some of these government-created um, rights, you know, about gender and all those other things. Oh, boy, we've got to narrowly define religious liberties. No. It says, uh, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting free exercise thereof. Or abridging yeah, the freedom they of speech. They literally, Dr. Bradley, have what's called the Parliament of the World's Religions. And they've got a declaration toward a global ethic. Now, let me explain. What they say is by a global ethic, what we mean is, hey, they don't mean a global ideology or a single unified religion. No, sir. Um, what they want, they say certainly not the nomination of one religion over another. No, sir. But what they want is a global ethic. We mean a fundamental consensus on binding values, irrevocable standards, and personal attitudes. So what they want is they don't want a global religion. They say, no, 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 we're backing off that. What we want is an ethic standard that everybody agrees to. Consensus building on ethical standards about values and everything else. Who's in charge of that program? So, see, by the time they lock us down with everything under the sun, war, COVID, climate change, and by the time they say they don't really want a world's religion, you can believe anything you want to as long as you subscribe to this standard ethic that we're going to put forward, uh, then we're okay. What is the standard ethic going to include? It's going to be godless. It's going to have a gender bender in it. It's going to have uh, you can't speak out against anything that they deem worthy. Uh, you're gonna, okay. What you're creating is this little tyranny by manipulation, by backing us into a corner one little bit at a time. Going, hey, you know what? You really can't stand up against climate change. I mean, if you deny it's real, you're you're peddling propaganda. You probably need to be arrested. You know, we you can believe whatever you want to, Doctor Bradley, as long as you subscribe to this ethic we've we've created here. And if you don't subscribe to the ethic, you need to be. Well, you need to go to a training camp so that you can understand how evil you are to the cause of this. We're all going to hold hands and get along ethic. I mean, we can believe differently, but we got to, you know, fundamentally agree to the pro-death agenda of a baby killing and the pro-death agenda of unlimited war and the pro-death agenda of manipulating climate change to the point where, hey, nobody can make a living or lock everybody. You got to subscribe to this or else you're an evil access player against the world getting along everybody gets along but you there dr bradley or sam bushman or whoever and that's where they're going with this thing it seems peaceful at first but it's so satanic it's hard to believe it even exists doctor you know back in the 1920s there was a little italian guy named antonio gramsci and he believed in slice at a time communism that's my term he wanted a little incremental here and a little incremental there and pretty soon you had a full loaf of communism and that's basically what they're doing with this is they take this slice at a time and tragically i mean antonio gramsci's approach has been the philosophy that's been used in the united states lenin and stalin and their the crew uh, came into russia you know when there was a big bang and everything was communist but uh, the way we're doing it in the united states is the using the antonio gramsci philosophy and he wrote many volumes while in prison in italy 
uh, about how to do this. We're using that as our template here in the United States. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, I, I, I'm just shocked uh, and chagrined about how so many religions, institutional religions, large religions that have a big footprint now that I think back of the Jews in Christ's time that didn't want the Romans to take away their place and nation. Some of these large institutional religions seem to be so interested in conforming to the new globalist philosophy, they're almost like they're in a beauty contest to see who's going to be the, the religion of the new world order. And they give away a slice at a time, a slice at a time. First thing that goes under the bus are the individual aspects of the God-given rights, uh, claiming to protect the institutional uh, God the institutional rights to worship. They want to, you know, be able to continue it in their form and formula. But yet, when the people have lost them, they will ultimately lose them. And it's just tragic to me that so many religions have have become co-opted into this concept. It's not just religions. It's everything across the board, and we give away a little bit here and a little bit there. And trust me, it's not going to be given back by some you know, benevolent leader at some point. Every single slice that we lose is ultimately tucked away and hidden away from us, and, um, and that's where we're going. All of these crazy things that you're bringing up, Sam. This yeah, and the is problem is the slices are getting bigger too, Doctor. They are. We let it go. We, we don't even sneeze. We wink and we nod and we move on. You know, it is just tragic. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to turn to God Almighty. you got to pray hard and work hard to defend the greatest country on the face of the earth. For if America falls, the world will have no light on a hill. We have got to return to being the light on the hill, ladies and gentlemen. And the only way that happens is if we turn to God Almighty, repent, and become a moral people. And then we use the checks and balances that made America great in the first place. Those fundamental principles are tried and true, and the only solution to the difficulties we face in a very troubled world, there is hope, and it's turning to Jesus Christ, ladies and gentlemen, our only real Savior. For Dr. Scott Bradley and Sam Bushman, we declare this nation shall endure. FreedomsRisingSun.com, LovingLiberty.net, God save the republic. <laughs>